Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good morning, Eric. I'm just doing great. That's fantastic to hear because I've got bad news. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. During this podcast, our podcasts are about 25 minutes, and I know that you and I spoke before about some things that are going on in the world and and all the stuff that's been happening this last year. Um, During the time that somebody's listening to this podcast, the national debt is going to increase. Just while they listen to us talk, the national debt will increase by almost $80 million. That's not a good thing. That is a terrible thing, Eric. And what's even worse than that is people are not paying any darn attention to it. None. None. And you and I have talked about, especially this last, what, six, eight months, a lot of stimulus packages have gone out, things that have helped small businesses, which which is a good thing, uh, help individuals, which is a good thing. But we both know that Uncle Sam's going to want that money back. And the national debt at this point is a little over $27 trillion from, from the accounts that I see online. And uh, I know that that's part of the conversation today. Yep. Uh, you know, our, our theme uh, for our practice is that you have to protect yourself. You need to be aware and you have to take steps to protect yourself. And when we are looking at a situation where trillions of dollars have been added to our national debt, and we have the vast bulk of our savings in a place that can easily be grabbed and taxed, we got to take care of ourselves and prepare for that. And the way we do that is by Roth conversion. All right. And I know that you personally are pretty outspoken about Roth conversions, and you're very positive about them. Why is that? Why are you such a proponent of that? You know, Eric, uh, that is one of the primary messages uh, as I'm on my march to a million uh, is that people need to uh, look at this tool and analyze it and use it uh, because we are now in this sweet spot where we have again, uh, at least as of the recording, uh, we are again at, you know, all time highs in the market. And thanks to the tax cut and job acts, uh, essentially at record lows for personal income taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when we are looking toward the future, we have to ask ourselves, what do we think is going to happen to taxes Mm -hmm. and how do we protect it? Because I contend uh, it is almost a mathematical certainty that personal income tax rates are going to have to increase in the future. Yeah, I don't see how they couldn't. I mean, just there's no way to pay back the money unless, well, either the the government starts playing the Powerball lottery, which still doesn't put a dent in it, (laughs) or or they're going to come knocking. You know, the um, common theme that we've talked about before and we'll continue to talk about is how this 401k era uh, that was kind of foisted upon the American saver in the 1980s um, is... uh, skewing common sense and is really setting up this generation for uh, for failure 
mm-hmm. and we got to get out of that uh, that track uh, that we have been put in uh, and, and change the, what that future looks like. And I think it has changed a little bit. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can correct me on this, but it seems to me that a lot more companies are offering a Roth 401k. That's a great start. You know, let's let's kind of start by making sure everyone has an understanding of what Roth is, what a Roth 401k mm-hmm. is, all that. You know, there are essentially two types of commonly thought of as the retirement plans. One is a traditional IRA or a 401k where there is that element of tax deferral where, uh, as you said before, you know, the, 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 the seed is not taxed, but the crop is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then we have uh, like Roth, uh, whether it's a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, where you've already paid your taxes on it. And when you get that money out in the future, regardless of what's going on with personal income tax rates then, uh, you don't have to pay tax on it. So that's the fundamental distinction. People absolutely need to understand that we have those two different vehicles that are uh, in our primary retirement savings uh, toolbox. And so I, I will say this because from personal experience, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now. My daughter's 21 years old, and I love the fact that she is thinking about this already. And she she asked, Dad, what, what should I be doing as far as – because she, she does not have a, a workplace – 401k or any type of retirement savings plan where she works. So she wants to start one on her own. And we had to have that conversation. I said, darling, right now you got to open a Roth. That, that is the one thing that you need to do because she doesn't make a ton of money right now. Uh, she doesn't pay a ton of taxes right now. And so she can put in that post-taxed money and that's going to grow. So for any young person listening to this, if you don't have something through work, that's definitely something you need to look into and, and call Greg and talk to him. And I'm sure that he'll be happy to help you with that. But for those that are already well into their working years, Greg. Uh, I know the Roth conversion is something, again, you advocate for. How do they go about doing that? And can they do it currently where they're working? I'm going to talk about that in a second, but first I'm going to congratulate you on being a good father, Eric. Oh, thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) That's some great fatherly advice. You know, too often I see people as they get started uh, in their savings journey, they get their first job, they get signed up for their 401k and start contributing away, excited about that. And if they would, instead of putting money in 401k at that point in time, put it into a Roth, whether it's a Roth 401k or Roth IRA, uh, they are, they can be in so much better shape down the road Mm -hmm. than following the herd into the 401k. So kudos to you on that. So they don't have, if they do that early, then they don't have to do some of the things we're going to talk about in terms of conversion, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, so as we're trying to establish some of the fundamentals, um, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, you can put money into a Roth or an IRA uh, through the front door, uh, which is you know, your contribution limits this year and making sure that you're giving as much that way, uh, which is a real limiting factor uh, for somebody that is later on uh, in their savings journey. Uh, where they've already got half million dollars set aside in their, you know, the final push toward retirement. And they're now understanding how they have been set up uh, by 401k uh, and want to get out of it. And so when we get to that point, we have to figure out how we most effectively and 
with as little bit of pain as possible, essentially pay the tax that is in there and, and convert it. You see, the rules do basically say that if we have that half million dollars in an IRA or 401k, uh, we can convert that to a Roth right then and there. But if we do that, Uncle Sam was his third. Mm-hmm. And that's a big, painful check for many people to write. Yeah. So how does somebody do that? Carefully. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Moving on. No. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's facing a very difficult, again, we have a lot of emotions about our own finances. And so, man, how, how do you have that conversation with somebody? Well, first of all, the mechanics of it are something that, yeah, you can do it yourself, but you know, professional guidance is suggested, right? Mm-hmm. But the first thing that you have to understand, uh, and it has to be kind of a, a core belief uh, to go through a process like this. Uh, it's an easy belief to get to when you look at the picture. You look at the uh, $27 trillion in debt that has been added to uh, our, our national debt since the Reagan era, the 401k era during mm-hmm. that period of time. Uh, if you look at what's going on in the next 30 to 40 years, as we've reflected before, you know we've got a uh, decreasing uh, workforce going forward. Uh, we have uh, those trillions of dollars in debt. And coincidentally trillions of dollars in IRAs, 401ks, retirement accounts out there. So doesn't that look like an obvious source of funds that are going to be tapped in the future to deal with this debt and deficit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And hey, we, have, we haven't even gotten to unfunded mandates that way, right? We're just talking <laughs> about the hard dollars of this stuff. Yeah, seriously. So what are unfunded mandates? Well, that's, that's the cost of Social Security, Medicaid, all those kind of things. The promises the government has made. So we're, when we're talking about the $27 trillion and counting, that's simply the hard dollars that have been borrowed by Uncle Sam mm-hmm. from people that theoretically it would have to be paid back to, although it's never, ever going to be paid back. So... <laughs> Well, that's great. <laughs> hey, hey, Eric, can I give you, a, would you like a, a multi-trillion dollar credit card that you know have to pay back? I, I would not mind that. Just give me a week. Just one week with that card, and I'll be happy. <laughs> so, so, But I'll give it to you with one condition, okay? I'll keep giving you more money, Eric, as long as you make the minimum payment. Is that, is that okay? Can we agree on that? Sure. <laughs> that, that, that sounds great. Is, tell me what the minimum payment is, though, first. Uh, that's okay. Don't worry about the minimum payment. It's I'm only going to charge you one percent interest. You just got to pay that interest rate. Is that okay? Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, it's right. a hard you, pass. You, <laughs> if 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 um if if you do it, you you say yeah, it's a hard pass. But maybe you get a couple of your buddies together and and uh, maybe you'll vote on it. You think uh, they might say okay, yeah. we can we can we can we, we can, can use that. that trillion. We can together we can pay that back, right? Of course we can. Cause we could, yeah, yeah. Hey, how about how about if instead you needing to pay it back, you, the somebody else is going to pay it back. Well, well then, well then, can I? <laughs> Can I interest you you're in that twisting my card? arm here? You're, you're twisting my arm. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, let's right. bring it on. All right. 
Well, <laughs> and, and hey, and that's what's happening, right? That's exactly yeah, what's happening. Yeah. The, the people are out there in Washington continuing to run up their credit card debt. And although I don't think that that credit card will ever be paid off just because of all the economic entanglements with it, what is a very real risk and very real probability as we're looking towards our retirement years is you know, we are now at an era where the interest rates are at record lows because the government has made it that way, because the Fed has made it that way, and all the other international uh, feds, as they were, uh, have had interest rates at these rock-bottom rates. Uh, and the, the, the takeaway for people is that when those interest rates start increasing, which is inevitable, the f amount of payment on that debt, the interest payment on that debt, is increasing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and just a, a small interest rate increase can add automatically trillions of dollars of obligation to be paid by the budget in a, in a year, mm. which is a, a huge proportion of our overall national budget. And so when we look again at how would that be responded to, you know, what would you and your buddies that got uh, got together and borrowed these trillions of dollars, where would they look to for the money? Well, you know, I'm trying to remember the name of that famous bank robber, Willie Sutton, I think it was, uh, when they asked him, uh, why does he rob banks? You, want, you remember what his answer was? No. You, ever, you haven't heard that one, Eric? Uh-uh. Well, his answer is, I rob banks because that's where the money is. Oh. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so... And and we as the four hundred one k generation have built up a big bank of money in trillions of dollars in, in those four hundred one ks. So why I am such an advocate about this is manyfold, but I'm going to put it down in a nutshell here. The problem is out there. It absolutely is going to come back to bite us in the rear end uh, in our retirement years. And we just have five years left where taxes are on sale uh, as a result of the Tax Cut and Job Act. And so we've got to do this. We have to do it now uh, because if we go past this, we have no idea what the income tax rates are going to look like in the post-Tax Cut and Job era, uh, Act era. If we go back to what it was back prior to Reagan, where there were you know, a multitude of different tax brackets going all the way up to 95%. Mm -hmm. and, and so you know, as a fiduciary, as somebody who's very outspoken in the community, uh, I believe it's my obligation to, uh, to hammer this message home. Got it. All right. So give me an example of what a, a Roth conversion can do for somebody and and you pick the age, right? If we're talking a forty-five year old, a fifty-five year old, a sixty-year-old, how does that work? And and kind of give me the, the the big picture so people can understand what impact it can have on their future. So the um, the earlier the better, right? If you're if you are in a position where you're in your in your in your forties uh, mm -hmm. and you start shifting your savings approach to Roth. Uh, then you have the benefit of any market growth, uh, which you know throughout time can be substantial, is all going to come back to you without taxes, as opposed to the growth in the risk being yours, uh, except for Uncle Sam's share that is 
at risk of being higher in the future. So get an early start on that. You can get yourself in that tax-free future. Uh, again, this five years of uh, Tax Cut and Job Act, you know, we know across the board that people's tax rates are going to go up by a little bit. Uh, so we might as well start paying them now uh, in the form of not deducting our IRA contributions, put the money into a Roth instead. So now we can have that grow free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then if we're in our, you know, kind of the 50 to 60 range, uh, this is when, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult during that phase there to, to make significant uh, changes uh, and significant conversions, although legally it can be done. Uh, the practical reality of during that period of time, that's when you know, our highest financial demands are upon us. We've got the kids in school, we've got uh, you know, all the costs that come along with that, as well as savings, right? So that's a tough time for us to be doing conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but at that point in time, as we talked about in prior episodes, at that point in time, it's a good time to start changing your savings philosophy, just kind of modulating things, moving it towards more already taxed savings. Again, taking advantage of the five years left of mm-hmm. reduced taxes, you know, have a little bit more taxable income because we're not deducting but move that money over into Roth savings. So now it's growing using compounding for the next 15, 20 years so you can get it back down the road. Now, once we get past 59 and a half, that's when we've got some real juice we can use uh, for Roth conversion. And that's the window uh, that really people should be taking a real hard look at their life and how they can uh, convert at that point in time, how it fit in. Okay, so so now with that age group, give me a picture of what that looks like. Yeah, so let's let's for example talk about somebody comes in with a half million dollars. Okay, uh, that uh, you know right now their household income is called one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, as much as two hundred thousand, just depends. You know what can be done efficiently at that point in time is take what we've got in our tax brackets, how much room we have before we hit the next tax bracket. And we convert an amount each year uh, that is mindful of the tax bracket so we don't end up costing us more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but through a systematic conversion, you know, every year, let's just say, for example, that we wanted to convert $100,000 every year. Okay. okay. We know uh, with that it's going to cost us a marginal rate of about 20% on that dollar to do it. So we know that for every $100,000 we convert, we have to pay $20,000 in taxes. But okay. by doing that over the five-year period, we've got that half million dollars now converted over to $400,000 of, of tax-free Roth money mm-hmm. that can now grow for another 10 years or what have you until you need it. So if we look at that, if we did the math on all that, uh, we we see that, you know, yes, we have a lower rate of return than it could have been uh, had we left it in a 401k IRA, uh, but it's still an acceptable rate of return. And when you look at the fact that it is already tax dollars coming in, there's there's a, a, a... sequence of uh, cascading events that happen if it's not tax-free. Higher Social Security, higher mm-hmm. tax brackets, RMDs, all those kind of things that we now don't have to worry about in our retirement. 
Got it. Okay. Plus those five years that it took you to convert, you know, the the first year you put in, you ended up with what eighty thousand out of the hundred because you minus the twenty percent. Uh, that eighty percent has had an opportunity to grow a little bit, and then that next year you're adding another eighty thousand to it. So, again, you're you're still growing through those five years as you're converting as well. Yeah, that's. But that also points out one of the things that you need to be careful about. As I, as I said repeatedly throughout my our conversations, you know, I take my role as a fiduciary very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seriously to the extent that if I'm doing one of these Roth conversion plans for my clients, if they are not going to use a vehicle after it's converted that has some insurance against losing value, then I'm not going to do it. Oh, okay. What's that look like? You know, well, prior to the Tax Cut and Job Act, there was kind of a mulligan that you could have at least in the first year of a conversion, where if uh, the if the investment went down uh, in that year, then you could say, "Up, oh, I don't want to do that," and and recharacterize it back. If you know, after that change, when we they eliminated that, I don't allow my clients to take a hundred thousand dollars pay $20,000 on conversion, so it's now $80,000, and then lose 50% of it in that year Hmm. or the next year because that's going to come back. Uh, Nobody's going to be happy. They paid to convert $100,000, and they got $40,000 worth. That's, That's not good. No. Uh, so that's part of the part of the being careful with this is that you really do need to put it into something that has uh, principal protection in it. Oh, I didn't even know there was such a thing. There are lots of tools out there that provide us uh, the uh, opportunity to have reasonable growth, but never go backwards. Where once that hundred thousand dollars is in there, that hundred thousand dollars is guaranteed that it'll never go below that. And so these are the type of tools that are, in my opinion, essential uh, for a successful Roth conversion. <laughs> and that's why they should be calling you and not me because <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, that sounds really good. Uh, so, I mean, to me, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, we're we're already getting short on time with this podcast. That. That sounds fantastic. I want to hear more about how that works with the, it's guaranteed not to go down. Wow. Okay. Well, we, again, we'll, we'll probably talk about that on another podcast. Can we do that? It's a good thing we got multiple episodes. Absolutely. So what else do we need to know for today's podcast? For, you know, Roth conversions, people that are, you know, thinking about this, just those things that they need to consider. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, kind of the early age. We talked about the mid age. We talked about that, that pre-retirement kind of conversion. Mm-hmm. There's another level of uh, issues that are involved as you get closer to actually claiming social security, taking retirement uh, in, in Medicaid and all those kind of things, or Medicare and all those kind of things uh, that you really need to be mindful of if you're doing a later stage uh, conversion and um, that you really need to have professional guidance when you get into that area. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, I mean, that, that later stage sounds like it's a whole another another issue to talk about. What else do we need to cover today, though? Well, it's, it's nothing that we're going to cover in detail today, uh, but it's something that I want people to also understand with regard to Roth conversions. Mm-hmm. And that is last December, 
basically in the um, the dead session around the holidays where nobody was paying attention to it, the government passed the SECURE Act. Mm-hmm. And that SECURE Act, uh, in my opinion, is the first shot towards taxing all inherited IRAs uh, at full dollar, full first year. Uh, what mm. that did is that changed what we used to use called a stretch IRA, where if that money went to a uh, non-spousal beneficiary, then they could take it over their lifetime. Now they have to take it out in the first 10 years. Uh, and that comes out at their tax rate as impacted by that additional income. So you're essentially setting up you know, any inheritance to be eaten uh, by Uncle Sam. So that's, you know, when we're in that later stage, if we're not worried so much about ourselves, but we're thinking about uh, what our legacy that we're leaving behind is, again, this is not our money that's in our IRA. We think Mm -hmm. it is. We look at it like it is. But when you look at that million dollars, Uncle Sam's got a third of it. Uh, And the SECURE Act is there. Again, right now it's 10 years, but uh, I think you're just going to keep peeling that back before you know it. In year one, uh, they're going to be taking all of that uh, in terms of the the income taxes due on it. So these are the changes that are down the road that have been triggered by the SECURE Act. It's already here, and I think it's going to get tighter down the road. So Roth conversion, get Uncle Sam out of your pocketbook as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody that is listening to this that possibly is inheriting an IRA uh, or will be doing that in the next few years, it's incredibly important to reach out to a professional, reach out to Greg, because I have actually, Greg, I, I did study a little bit about this, uh, the, you know, the, the end of the stretch IRA, not that I'm going to be inheriting one, uh, but it was very interesting to me and, and all the implications that that has and how you really do need to plan out those 10 years. You know, what, what are you going to earn in certain years? How much can you take before it pushes you into another tax break? There's all sorts of things to consider there. So again, reach out to a professional. Greg, if you're the chosen professional they want to reach out to, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, Eric, they can uh, reach me through the website, uh, www.dupontwealth.com. They can email me, greg at dupontwealth.com, or they can give me a holler at uh, area code 614-408-0004. All right. Fantastic. Thank you again for your time today. Great information. Thank you, Eric. It's been a pleasure. You bet. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share this podcast with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Thank you.